Welcome to Leadership and Loyalty Tips for Executives. My name is Dov Barron. I'm your host here at the show. In the background, behind the scenes, is my buddy Scott Patton, the king of podcasting. Check out Scott. Search him out. Find out about him because he actually runs a bunch of podcasts on all kinds of subjects and maybe he could help you get yours. If you're new to the show, welcome. It's good to have you here and I hope you find great value. You may, of course, be joining us because you follow my Mind Mastery podcast or the Full Monty Leadership Show where I interview some of the top leaders in industries and find out what they've got underneath, meaning we strip them down and really find out what it is that makes them great leaders. In this show today, the tip I want to talk to you about is related to a subject that I've spoken about before and no doubt will speak about many times from now. As you know, my new book called Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent, um, hits the, the, the world on February 17th, 2015. <clears throat> so you may be listening to this as it's coming out or maybe sometime after. But right now, just a little bit ahead of that time. And one of the subjects that that is heavily covered in there, of course, is about loyalty. How do you build loyalty? And one of the things we've talked about on the show before is how very often um, leaders, bosses, try to use old mechanisms to create loyalty that just don't work anymore. And I want to address um, the piece here around the need to understand that we are, what it is that keeps us loyal is very different than what it used to be. And what I mean by that is that the mechanisms uh, like parking spots and memberships to gyms and corner offices have all faded away. And I've talked a lot about that in previous ones, but I want to make this distinction here. As much as we like to think that our professional world and our personal world exist exist in different realms of reality, um, that's not really true anymore. The same basic needs that drive us to a lesser degree are are there no matter which realm we're in. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this. Imagine, if you will, for a minute that you've got a loyal member of your team. Somebody who's been with your organization for a number of years, and during the time that they've been with you, they've seen any number of people uh, travel through that revolving door for a particular position. So they're they're steady, but they've always seen somebody else go through a particular position. Even if this person is super warm and friendly person, it's not going to take long for them to begin to withdraw, start thinking, oh, why should I bother trying to connect with this person? This person's probably going to leave within the next few months, definitely within a couple of years. And I know somebody who went through this experience and found that they really did, you know, somebody who was very warm got quite disheartened quite fast. You see, we speak a lot about bonding However, as much as we desire to bond and belong, we also often, if it will, unconsciously behave protectively if we sense there's a lack of emotional safety. Now, what I mean by this is that if a new person starts in the job, and from their perspective, the job, um, 
the people at the, at the new job, meaning you, are, may all seem sort of very cliquey and unfriendly because you've seen people come in and out of the door and you maybe not bothering as much. So the new person is starts to think, oh, these people are too cliquey. And, of course, then you've got silos within silos. And this, of course, is terribly destructive for morale and definitely does damage to the culture, and it starts to crumble away. People then, of course, don't bond, they don't connect, and they don't feel like this is a great place to work. So, as, as we've discussed, losing great people is extremely costly on many levels, um, not just in finances, but in morale as well. So, so the question becomes, what is it that, that generates the loyalty? It's one thing for me to conduct an interview and ask someone if they are loyal. You've probably done the same thing, or, or maybe not directly, but you've used words that have suggested that. And if you did, most likely they'd say yes. But it's a whole different subject to go from talking the talk to walking the walk of demonstrating loyalty. So let's be, begin by asking, as a leader, how do you see loyalty demonstrated? Is loyalty demonstrated by your employees getting the work done? Let's face it, employees are not very loyal if, if that's not happening, you know, because they need to do the work so you can make the money to keep the company and employ these folks and keep your company in the black, right? So one measurement of loyalty is whether people show up, one, and produce. Remember, there's a 72% of people are showing up at work who are disengaged, either actively or passively disengaged. So how do you get them to engage? How do you get them to produce? Well, for, the mo for most of us who lead or run companies, we don't have folks banging on our door to do internships. You know, we don't have people who say, oh, I just love to work here for free. Um, so usually we have to pay a salary and depending on the contract and the benefits, you know, uh, there's a, a limit to how much you can offer them. And, you know, the old adage, you have to spend money to, to make money. But how much, do you, how much pay is required to inspire and generate real effort? Or put it another way, can the feeling of, of loyalty be substituted um, for monetary compensation? So is there something that you can get them to be loyal to without it being about money? I can personally think of several circumstances that, where that might be the case. It can happen where there is a massive prestige involved, you know, bragging rights. Of course, they have value. For instance, if somebody works for a famous fashion magazine or a uh, prestigious sports team, they might be willing to give up some measure of their income if they can brag about where they work. However, bragging rights are only one element and required, generate, required for generating fierce loyalty. What's more is loyalty is also based on prestige. And... By the way, that's not likely to last. Another way to get a feeling of loyalty that, that can be substituted for, for money is through that prestige and working for somebody who is a big persona, you know, has a ton of charisma. These are the people um, that other people want to be around. You know, think about during the 1990s. Who wouldn't have worked for Oprah Winfrey? 
Can you imagine the prestige, that, how great that would be on your resume to say that you interned, that you worked with or for Oprah? Lots of people did. And, you know, because and people give up some of that income in order to put that on the resume. At the same time, charisma and persona will only get you so much loyalty. In fact, research is showing that there's an ever-decreasing men for charismatic and often dictatorial leaders. Now, please understand there's a distinction here between charismatic persona leaders versus inspirational leaders. And inspirational leaders um, may also be charismatic. The final way to get that feeling of loyalty as a substitute for monetary compensation is when the work itself is deeply inspiring to the person involved. How some, think about how many people volunteer for for things like Doctors Without Borders. I mean, you know, think about the guy who, uh, I can't remember his name now, sorry, it slipped out of my mind, you know, but he was the first uh, guy on the ground uh, who got um, Ebola. I mean, the guy volunteers for Doctors Without Borders. Obviously wasn't doing that for the money, wasn't even doing it for the fame, although he got fame from being ill. That's not really a sane response. It's not why somebody would do it. So if you're looking to generate fierce loyalty that is not driven totally by financial compensation, it comes down to three major elements. Prestige, we talked about. So the prestige of working at a particular place. Charisma, which is a, a pull of a, of a particular leader. And then inspiration. Inspiration. Meaning that the work is meaningful. That there's a desire to be there. That I'm part of something that's bigger than. And I know we've talked about this before, but I'm going to keep coming back to it. If you want to get your people loyal, then make sure that the meaning is crystal clear. What are you about? Make sure that your people can attach to that meaning emotionally. Because it's important that you pay your people well, but only so well. There's a point where that doesn't even matter. But meaningful work will always matter. It is what connects people, and it's what bonds them to your organization. Now, further to that is to create a corporate culture where the people are bonded to each other. This is vital. As we spoke about in a previous podcast, this is vital. You've got to have your people working as a unit. And they will work as a unit if there's a sense of the work being meaningful. So here's the challenge I've got for you, part of your tip today. What is the meaning of your organization? So not the mission statement, that's one thing, but the meaning What is it that makes the work meaningful? What is the difference it makes? If your company disappears tomorrow, will the world be worse off or better off? If it's going to be better off because your company was there, that's an important thing. If it's worse off because the difference you are making is so massive that, that, you know, I want you to think about the meaning of your company. Dig deeper into the meaning. Why do we exist? What is the purpose of our organization? Yes, it's to make money, but is there a deeper meaning? And then I, I want to challenge you to go to your team, to go to your leadership team and ask them, 
What do you think is the meaning of our organization? What would you say is our deepest meaning? And I promise you, you may be shocked to discover that very few people know. And by the way, if they don't really know, they're not really engaged. They may be driven out of ambition or money, but they're not really engaged at that emotional center level. What that means is if they're engaged out of ambition and money, then someone else can come along and take them away. But if they're engaged with enough money, the, the potential of growing, the potential of, of fulfilling their ambition, but there's deep meaning to what it is they do, you will have bred fiercely loyal corporate culture. So that's my tip for you today. Thanks for joining us. Again, my name is Dov Barron. You want to find out more about me and what it, what my company does, you can check out our corporate website at fullmontyleadership.com. That's fullmontyleadership.com. You can also go on Amazon and check out the brand new book, Fiercely Loyal. Fiercely Loyal. It's on Amazon. You can actually pre-order it right now, and they're already shipping in advance, and uh, orders are already flying, apparently, which is pretty exciting. And uh, you want to find out more about me, you can reach out to me on the usual social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. I look forward to meeting you in person. Make sure you share this show with everybody else. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Until next time, live with courage.